is a good news kind of week. It is a Super Bowl kind of day. It is an impeachment kind of about to be over kind of week. It's a Brexit is free at last, free at last. Thank the Queen, we're free at last. It's the Loftus Party podcast. I'm coming. Uh, I'm coming at you from the from the Long Island, and we got the Gimlet. I don't know where she's parked her Bahunkus in uh, in Camp Freedom, somewhere somewhere in the Deep South, maybe from the swamp. I don't know. The Confederacy, I hear. <laughs> the Confederacy. Oh my gosh. Um. Oh, somebody just was just railing on the Dukes of Hazard. And it made me angry. I can't remember what it was. That's just a little aside. I, I, I wasn't a huge uh, Dukes of Hazard fan as a as a child. However, there's no reason to take a big giant dump on uh, the Dukes of Hazard. You guys, we can relax. It's no longer on the air. No one should be threatened by the General Lee. It was a long time ago. Okay. If you didn't have the Dukes of Hazard. You wouldn't have Daisy Dukes. That is true, and that's funny, but that's like a bunch of people who were defending the Dukes of Hazzard were bringing that up. And then you want to talk about disappointment, epic levels of disappointment. You're like, oh, yeah, that's right, Daisy Dukes. And then you you Google images of uh, Daisy Dukes in there. <laughs> not, not at all what we shouldn't think. be wearing them. Is that what you're saying? She was gorgeous. She oh, was, she uh, was. beautiful. She was. Catherine yeah, but the those those shorts they should they could have been a lot shorter. They could have been a lot shorter. <laughs> it was not scandalous at all. You're like, wow, well, was that scandalous? Shorter, though they become shorter, just go to oh. Walmart in the summer. Yes, the Daisy Dukes of today are awesome. However, uh, we're already off on a tangent, and this this week, you guys, we're all about bringing you the highest level of free podcasts that that the world can can go with so here's what we're gonna do we're breaking the show up into three hunks we're 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 gonna we're gonna do this for you because we are givers we give back so this is all uh we got some we got some numbers in it is a great weekend it's it's sunday uh i don't care Uh, this is it's always awesome when you don't give a rat's behunkus about the super bowl so i'll be uh in that mode uh, later on today. However, I'm super stoked about the way the uh, impeachment thing is going. I'm super stoked about our president's uh, approval numbers. And I do believe, well, the impeachment thing, uh, hopefully that'll wrap up Wednesday. Hopefully that's all uh, said and done yesterday. You guys have to go to uh, theloftestparty.com or the Loftus Party at YouTube and see my little take on, on Mitt Romney and the way he voted. It's very funny. It's very funny. Okay, so uh, Bloomberg got a new nickname. He's Mini Mike, which I think is hilarious. Trump is, is he fantastic. Short? I guess. I guess so. Or just shorter than Trump, because shorter than Trump isn't hard. Shorter than Trump is the planet. That's planet I know. Earth. Trump is uh, is he is a tall fellow. Melania is a tall drink of water, but worth Barron's the climb. taller than most grown men I know. <laughs> Barron's skying over both of them. I know. That kid, he's going to be, he, watch him, it would be hilarious. It'd be hilarious if he went and played in the NBA. That would be hilarious. Like, we're old and gray, and like, Baron Trump dunks for the win, and then, <laughs> I don't know. <sighs> uh, yeah, and the crowd goes wild. I don't know. Uh, we'll, I don't we'll know, see I think his thing kid. is golf. I think he golfs with his dad. Should be the well, next that, tiger. That height is a uh, is a huge advantage. And that listen, 
here's a, here's a little sad story from yours truly. Uh, many moons ago, I it was my plan. This is like in, in middle school years, junior high years. Uh, I, I fell in love with a game of tennis, just fell in love with it. Started playing it relentlessly, practicing. I was focused. And I'm 5'8". And it's like I I played uh, competitively in high school, played a little bit after high school. And uh, and it's like you, it's it just sucks. Someone who's 5'8". Badminton. badminton is great. Badminton is, is a great time. So is table tennis. Ping pong? Oh, yeah, ping pong. A, but these guys, these professional Family. tennis players... Oh. It's uh, you've got to be like six foot something. You just get so much of the racket speed. It's it's centrifugal force. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a little sad thing. I'm always uh, I, I enjoy the tennis. What are we doing? Listen, I just announced we're gonna stay focused. We're gonna do this thing. Let's dig into some Trump numbers. Let's look at how the impeachment uh, has affected, which has failed, which has failed, has failed miserably. Failed, by the way, failed terribly. However, well, you you got to get you got to give credit to uh, Adam Schiff. I saw him this morning on Face the Nation, and that dude. And this is what you got to do. This is what you got to do. He's just acting like, well, we won, we won, we presented our case. Everyone knows the president cheated. He's going to cheat again. He's already talking about the twenty twenty election and how tr- he, they keep using the word cheat, 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 cheat over and over and over again, uh, which is probably a good call on their part. I don't think it's going to work. And I don't know if it's resonating with the American people. You have some. You have some numbers. You're our our uh, our smoking hot data miner. Oh, this is so. This is so awesome because this just proves the point that nobody cares what Adam Schiff says. Nobody's listening. For example, America's overall satisfaction, how satisfied they are with everything, is higher than it's been since 2005. Wow. Wow. This is according to Gallup. This is their annual survey. And since 2017, like everything's gone up. Everything. Now, when you say like everything, is like, is this like the president's approval rating or is this like overall optimism with the American? Overall quality of life. 84% are satisfied. Net satisfied increase is amazing and this is since 2017 so every single metric since january 2017 of these has gone up nation's military strength and preparedness opportunity to get ahead if you're working hard up these are all like metrics that are above 65 percent wow state of the nation's economy up net satisfied points all above 40. It's incredible. But what's even more funny than that? <laughs> is that things like race relations have actually gotten better. People have a better opinion about race relations in this country than they did when Barack Obama left office, despite the fact we have a terrible racist in the White House. See, that's... that's... That is very funny. However, I think it's one of those things that, like, it's very easy for me to say, uh, you know. I don't know if you guys knew this about me. I am white. I am (laughs) white. But I've I've always felt like it's tough. Like, race relations are are, are tough. 
in I think in a lot of instances, in in a lot of instances, you're better off not shining uh, a spotlight and looking for problems because we are going. Here's what we want: uh, we want to judge people on the content of their character and not on their skin color. And I think that like if you just I don't know, I, I, I hate I don't want to say anything like too uh, controversial, but like. As much as they tried to call Trump a racist and all this stuff, he's done wonderful things for these poor really communities. I'm sorry. He's really bad at it. Yeah, he must be. He must be. Uh, but but you just feel like things are better. However, I know you know some of my my black friends are they they insist. Oh, it's worse. Oh, it's worse. But it goes back to my theory of the uh, poison drink at the cocktail party, right? Oh, if you. Yeah. If you go, if you go to somebody and you go, listen, we're about to walk into a party, uh, and someone in there is going to try to kill you, and it's probably going to be poison. One of the drinks you're looking, you're looking everywhere. Who is it? Who's trying to kill me? Is it this drink? Is it that drink? And so, so then you think poison, even if there is poison in none of the drinks, and you're just, and you're just at a regular party. That's where I want to live. I want to live in the regular cocktail party uh, society. I don't want to live in the one of these drinks is poison. But oh, it, the media is telling you that over and over and over again. But let's just look. Let's just look at a couple of increases that I personally find phenomenal. Yes, the let's state do of the that. nation's economy is up from forty-six to sixty-eight percent. A change of positive twenty-two. Damn. Since inauguration. That, and that's since, okay. That's since twenty sixteen. Trump. Trump is president. Mm-hmm. Since wow. he was inaugurated January 2017. Nice. And the was nation's up, was up security how much? and terrorism is up 18 from 50% to 68. Yup. Yup. The nation's military strength and preparedness up 15. I, the way uh, income is distributed and wealth is distributed up 8. hee <laughs> That would have been it would have been a bigger number, but some rich guy stole some. <laughs> I you know, but this is this is just insane. Yes. They, I mean, if you if you read these numbers and this is Joe Smith and Nancy Nancy Jones, right? Gallup picks up the numbers and, and surveys a bunch of people. This is what Americans actually think. This is not a change election at all. What is it James Carville said? It's the economy, stupid? It's the economy, stupid. I'm James Carville. I'm more snake than man. I'm half reptile. That's my, I, I very rarely get to whip out my James Carville impression. So you've, you've sadly opened up that door. It is. I did not know you had one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's And it's, I tell you, once you start doing it, it's hard to stop. It's hard to stop. I, want, I think he's still married to that uh, Marlene uh, lady, the, the former are they? conservative. Because I think they are. She left the Republican Party. She's now a libertarian. She oh, she stopped at Trump. Good for her. That's I. That's where I draw the line. Succeeding. That's where I. That's, that's where I want to be a. I want to be a conservative, but I want to lose. I yeah. want to lose all the time. Um, holy smoke! I I started doing that stupid impression. I shouldn't have done it. Uh, however, it it is it with like many polls. I, I have to think it's probably a little low. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, I, have, I mean, it could be, but I mean, Gallup is one of the gold standards for polling on issues and for polling on public sentiment. And 
they usually match with outcomes. So, I mean, there's really, even the things that are still negative are still up. And most of them are things like the quality of public schools. That's not a federal issue. That's yeah. a state issue. And the only thing that the government can do to improve that is give people more choice and get out from under the unions that screw everything up. Uh, yeah. And that's that's a tough that's a tough row to hoe. That is a tough is. row to hoe. But However, I mean, from now uh, from now until election day, mm-hmm. it's going to be doom and gloom coming out of you know NBC, CNN, MSNBC, CBS, ABC. It's going to be this is hopefully the 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 last dying throes of uh, here's the news. As we see it, and we're going to try to manipulate you into all is horrible, all is horrible. Even though, uh, evidently, according to those numbers you were just reading, uh, people across America are like, it's going pretty good. I feel pretty good, good about things. Yeah, it's- and and people actually feel more positive about the um, potential outcomes for their children. And that is a huge indicator in this country. But the other thing the media is completely ignoring is this data from Trump rallies. Mm. Brad Parscale, his his Trump campaign manager, does an excellent job of telling the media, guys, you need to look over here, and they completely ignore it. And the biggest reason it's important is because somewhere always between 10 and 20% of the people that register for the rally yeah. haven't voted but once in the last four elections, which means when they poll registered and likely voters, they're not polled. Yeah, yeah. I think it was the rally in, I know he did one in New Jersey. And that I think was, it was crazy. A, I think a couple of weeks ago he did one in what, Minneapolis or mm-hmm. Minnesota or Wisconsin, I, I, somewhere, maybe Wisconsin. It seemed cold. It seemed chilly. And, and it might have been uh, Brad Parscale or someone else uh, tweeted out like 56% of the people there weren't even registered Republicans. Yeah. Like over half the crowd is just like, yeah, four more years. In New Jersey, home of Jerry Nadler. Blue New Jersey, okay? Yeah. They had 158,632 requested tickets. And there were 92,841 distinct signups. They only had room for 7,000. It is, uh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. And listen, I I just want to reiterate this for the record. It's like Trump is the recipient of so much pent-up frustration. Mm -hmm. And and someone was going to come along and be the recipient of this. Someone was going to be that lightning rod and have the guts to say something close to the right thing. And someone, so I just want to make sure nobody gets it twisted. It's not like these people, everyone I know, uh, myself included, who was like, yep, Trump, Trump's the man. <laughs> We've been dying for someone to do something like this for the longest time. It goes back to my 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 Mitt Romney video and all that stuff. It's like we're tired of like, oh, this is the candidate. This is the guy that's going to mm yeah, Mitt Romney and then he gets punched like one time and folds like a deck chair. He was going to be the president of the uh Utah Origami Club. 
Yeah. Women. Yeah. Blown up. Gone. Bye. And so finally you got, listen, Trump is, I, and I don't, and I'm so happy, and this is kind of horrible to say, but like this uh, coronavirus thing, we'll get to that uh, more in, in the next segment. But but it, we'll dig down on the whole Hunan province part of it all, which you've got some, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm glad uh, Trump is in a leadership position right now. My boy will close the doors. He will close the borders. Like I didn't want to. I didn't want to mess around with Ebola. I thought that was crazy. And we're like, oh yeah, people. Yeah, they're still going back and forth. Are you high? Are you crazy? I don't want to. I don't want to play games with any of this. Uh, coronavirus crap. So yeah, shut it down. Shut it and then down. you have all these doctors like the regular flu kills more people. Okay, that's fine. Good for the regular flu. Good, good for the regular flu. But let's. Why uh, do we think China is telling us the truth? Is the question. But yes, yes. One more set of numbers before we leave the good news section. Quick. Yep. Yeah, uh, on the 31st of, of January, Rasmussen put out its daily approval numbers. Overall likely voter, which is a much better poll than registered voter, approval rating for the president is at 50%. That's higher than Barack Obama's was at the same point into going into 2012. Indie voters, independents who don't register for a party, also 50%. Democrats approve at 25%, and black likely voters strongly approving, strongly approving of the president is at 34, and overall at 43, and other non-white likely voters' approval of the president is at 53%. If he gets a third of those numbers, the Democratic Party is over. I think... It's and we might have touched up on this uh, either last week or the week before. I it's too funny. And it's it's ironic, really. It's not it's not funny. Nobody don't worry about driving your car. You're not going to laugh hysterically. But when when Trump got the the nomination, it was all gloom and doom. And everybody's like, uh oh, that's the end of the Republican Party. There's going to be a huge split in the Republican Party. And and I don't think the the Republican Party's ever been this unified. And maybe not in my lifetime. But it's ironic that they're going to have to – Bernie's doing great. I cannot wait for tomorrow to see what happens with the Iowa caucus. And if they screw over Bernie again, then you've got a huge split, a huge split in the in the Democrat Party, which <laughs> it's like they are totally – it's totally the boomerang party. It is everything – you know, everything they throw at Trump comes back and smacks them in the face. Oh, you're going to break up the Republican Party. It's going to split. And I think I don't think it looks good uh, for the Democrats. I'm not crying about it. I ain't crying about it. I want to get actually back. actually quite entertaining. It is. Yep. It, it is. I, I want to get back really quickly with those uh, numbers in the African-American community with uh, Trump's appro- approval rating. Uh, what, what, what was the previous number? If you have that. When if he you was have elected, how much of the vote did he get? Well, no, like the the number in the a poll year now. Ago, a year ago, it hit twenty one percent, and they freaked out. He he had, I think, about eight percent in two thousand sixteen. All right, so he was at eight in twenty sixteen. A year ago, he was twenty one, and then what's the most recent number? 
Overall approval is 43 and strong approval is at 34. <laughs> if he gets half of the 34 number, the Democratic Party is over. And other non-white likely voters approval is at 53%. If he gets half of that of the other non-white voters, the Democratic Party is over. That is the spot right there. You guys, we're 20 minutes in. This is where we would put a little advertisement for a wonderful uh, product or service. It would go right about here. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5000. Enjoy. And then we would come back. <laughs> with our second segment. With our second segment. Okay, we got to rip into Don Lemon. We got, boy, did you hear my voice crack on that? I did. That was a Peter Brady moment. Or a, it was. Whatever. Uh, changes. Uh, the Don Lemon thing. Now, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. The, the oh, clip. I do. There is a guy, uh, and I believe his name is Rick Wilson. Rick GOP Wilson. GOP strategist that gave you people like Mitt Romney and his candidate also lost to Aiken in South Carolina. That's how it's <laughs> How uh, I will say this about Rick. I, I, I don't care for the gentleman. All I all I know about him is his Twitter account and seeing him on MSNBC. And it's like, you know, he goes into Camp Bill Crystal. He's the never Trumper. And it's like, yeah, good for you, buddy. Good for you. Go do your thing. I just it, it, he's like and it's like Jennifer Rubin. It's like you're not. Shame on shame on CNN. Shame on MSNBC for having these people who are not really. Uh, the voices of of the conservative movement, the right wing movement, whatever you have it. So Rick Wilson was on uh, Don Lemon's program, and there was some other guest, looked like a a, a guy of like Pan Asian descent. It doesn't really matter. But Rick, Ali. But Rick Wilson, and this is why I didn't do a video on it. Like, do uh, listen, Don Lemon's an opinion show. That's that's you know you and I Gimlet we've discussed that a million times. It, it's an it's an opinion show. It's not news, and I'm not a fan of uh, I'm not a fan of Don Lemon. I'm not a fan of Rick Wilson. I don't know the other guy that much. However, I have been on camera before, and it's been an important thing. And someone says something funny, and just you just break, you just crack up. Rick Wilson. He, I, I couldn't help. I found it amusing. I found it amusing. I know ex I know exactly what made Don Lemon laugh. Rick Wilson had this joke. He's like, Trump probably couldn't find the Ukraine if it had 
on the map of a big giant U and a picture of a literal crane. <laughs> and and it, and it used instantly flash back to those uh, like in second grade those you know picture puzzles. Put these two images together and it'll make a word, right? Like an eyeball and then somebody washing. And it was that, like, I remember when, when he said it, I know that's, that is exactly why Don Lemon started laughing. You plus Crane equals Ukraine. And uh, maybe he had been up late at night. Maybe he was sleep deprived. But I, I'm, I got to take, I'm, I'm on Team Lemon on this one. He was laughing, I guarantee he was laughing at you plus Crane equals Ukraine. The problem is, uh, when he started his uncontrollable fit of laughter, then uh, Rick Wilson and the and the other dude started riffing. You know, it's like you dumb elitist with your with your facts and your reading. You dumb elitist with your maps, and that was very telling. That was very telling. The one and that when, really got me, yeah, was the credulous boomer rubes. Like, if you wanted to put my father and Rick Wilson in a battle of wits and intelligence, my father would kick his ass from from Washington, D.C. to Pensacola. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and and I've heard this said, and it's kind of how I felt when I first saw the clip, as far as how they all riffed on after Lemon initially lost it, right? Yeah. Um, as far, far as how they all riffed on and putting on those accents and everything else, that's like sidestep to how they talked about African Americans in the sixties. Oh, yes, yes, absolutely. And this is why. This is why uh, you've, you've completely lose. nailed it on the head. Oh, yeah, absolutely. However, uh, the the ad for the the YouTube channel you have you, you pick up yeah, a video at the ad they put out no 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 mine mine oh, okay. the, the loftest party uh, is Andrew Jackson was a hillbilly uh, badass and we love him the mm-hmm. preamble to that the preamble to that whole show that I did for the History Channel and that I do in my stand up is like hillbillies are awesome they're awesome and then uh, you know. I, I, I do a, a funny voice and all this other stuff, and then I I, I gently chastise uh, the audience for like, okay, so we're all laughing at that, right? So hillbillies are the last; it's the last group of people that everyone feels free to make fun of. That everyone feels free. Oh, I can make fun of that person; they have an accent. And then, ooh, ooh everybody feels bad. And then I go into thank God for hillbillies; they they saved this nation multiple times. Hillbillies are the best, and so I'm very pro-Southern. Uh, However, that's exactly what uh, Rick Wilson and that other guy did. The whole, the, you know, you rubes, you rubes, and that's why, and it's it's, t- it's too funny, but it's, it's, we were just saying it in the previous segment. It's like, we're not rubes. It's not like, it's not like Trump is some snake oil salesman uh, saying something new. Trump is yeah. saying nothing new. Trump is saying something that this entire nation, the vast majority of, of the people across this nation, have been feeling in their hearts. It, it, it's like that um, uh, Jordan Peterson says it. It's like you just know this to be true. Like, right. listen, I know they're telling us there's only 11 million illegal immigrants here. I know they're telling right. us that. I, there's no way that's true. No way. 
And then all of a sudden Yale comes out. Yeah, it's more like 22 million. You're like, thank you. Does that make Yale racist? Is is Yale a cult of personality? And we are we all enraptured from the no, no. And it's the same thing with Trump. And I love it that that this guy doesn't get it. I love it that Rick Wilson just goes, oh, Trump just goes out there and starts talking about drinking beer and having his gun and ding dong dig it. Yeah, keep going, buddy. Keep going because well, I, you know it, it. It's it's super offensive. Um, if you stop and think about the actual policies and the way that the Democrats use certain groups of people to achieve their political objectives. Mm-hmm. And we all sit here and watch it happen, right? You know, the yes. gun rally in Virginia was going to be full of white supremacists, right? Trump was going to start World War World War Three a couple weeks ago, right? Um you sit here and you listen to this, and if you are a sentient being who goes, hmm, let me let me take a, a little harder look at that because I I can't live in a soundbite world. I need more information than that. I could totally um, live in a soundbite world, but go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I can't. <laughs> if I literally, if you live, if you lived in a soundbite world, even a Fox News soundbite world, right? Which you're only the- getting oh. half to three quarters of what's going on. Yeah. Um, so. You know, when it, it it basically goes back to what you said, you know, in your heart, what you just heard cannot possibly be the case. Right. And so when it fails, what's starting to get really frustrating is nobody's held accountable. Right. Like, like, where are all the people that were like trying to make parents really upset that their children were going to be dropped going to World War Three? There were actually people uh, putting that out like that was a thing, like that was going to happen. Are they still writing for the New York Times? Everyone like, is. None of these people ever, ever, all the things they got wrong about Russiagate, all the things they've gotten wrong about Ukrainegate, the outright lies, right? Yes. That Ukraine interfering in the election is a conspiracy theory. It's not. And I even hear people like, like upping now and saying, well, not as bad as Russia. Nobody has ever explained to me what Russia actually did other they than some Facebook ads. What Ukraine did was actually worse. Yeah, 35 grand on some Facebook ads. Exactly. Ukraine working, the, the, the official government of Ukraine running stuff through the Ukrainian embassy and the mm-hmm. DNC who were running it through a, a, a law firm to, to make it look like it was uh, on the up and up. They were getting help. And now you'll get thrown off Twitter uh, for, for bringing up uh, the Ukraine. Black Ledger provided by a Ukrainian member of parliament put Paul Manafort in jail. And that is terrifying. Exactly my point. All of those guys uh, up on on process crimes. And that's where... General Flynn. Oh, my Lord. Is he still fighting that? Didn't he change it? He's trying to change his plea. He pulled his plea. But then Carter Page, who's never been charged with anything, whose life is ruined. Uh, Yeah, I wonder what the future holds for that guy. That's a very, very interesting uh, thought, and 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 it's a very interesting thought. Like, what is 
Like Manafort didn't register as working on behalf of a foreign agent. As but and they had closed the case. They needed new evidence to reopen the case once he went to work for Trump and the Ukraine provided the black ledger. Yeah, yeah. However, it's it was I, never it's used worth, in court because it was crap. Worth noting uh, for our our smart, sexy listeners that uh, I think he was working for the Podesta Group at that time. Oh yes, uh, it yes, was, he uh, was Tony Podesta, John Podesta's brother, uh, who also failed to disclose that he was a uh, working on behalf of a foreign government. Both of these guys did the same thing. They didn't fill out a form. The the Podesta's firm closed the day the news broke. Gone. Gone! And it's like the Podesta group uh, got an email from the FBI going, hey, dude, you forgot to fill out this form. He's like, oh, yeah, our email was down that day. Give us a a minute. We'll fill it out. So they got the benefit of the doubt. Nobody goes to jail. And it's it's right back to... uh, uh, Watch's lady who I, had who had the, the the chauffeur who was a Chinese spy oh, I know. for a couple decades. But I think Good that call from the FBI went completely differently. Oh yeah. I, hey. Uh, hey, Tony, shut it, shutter it, <laughs> shut it down. <laughs> yeah, you, you'll, you'll I think get there in was trouble. an advanced call, but it sounded a little different. However, but like John, oh my God, like Manafort and everything I've heard, and I'm just, just being honest from people I've talked to and people I know in, in, in circles are like, yeah, Manafort, yeah, that guy was kind of iffy, but he was the muscle man. He was the muscle man that you wanted in the convention to make sure people didn't change their votes when they were selecting the nominee. And that's what Trump hired him for. Hey, Manafort, come in, oh, yeah. make sure none of these pansies change their vote. And, and it's right. like, I, I feel bad for Flynn. I feel bad for Carter Page. I feel bad for Manafort. Papadopoulos. Oh, my God. There's another dude that is just... And, like, what becomes of them? What becomes of them? It's it's it's, it's horrible it's to think about. Sit on, I mean, if you look at Carter Page and George Papadopoulos, right? At General least they're Flynn out. Pub, General Flynn was a public figure. He was Obama's DNI. They'd been after him for years because he opposed the Iran deal. Publicly, yes. while he worked for Obama, that was problematic. It was problematic for everybody else that did it too. Um, you know, Paul Manafort had lived in the public eye. He was very visible. You know, in the Republican Party for a while, he he was a public persona. If you look at Carter Page and George Papadopoulos, they were literally volunteers. They were private individuals. Yes. And normally their lives have been ruined because they volunteered on a campaign event. I really wonder if there's like a GoFundMe or or somebody has to be. But like I'm I'm not even uh, there was a guy. There was a guy. He is suing like for money, not a dollar. Okay, good. Good for him. Good for him. There was a guy. Uh, in the entertainment business back in the 1920s uh, in the silent movie age. And his name, uh, his screen name was Fatty Arbuckle. And uh, Fatty Arbuckle, yeah, he was, a, he, was a, he was a party animal. He was a big guy. He was like the, like the original Chris Farley. <laughs> and he got uh, wrongly accused of uh, raping some girl with a Coke bottle. And and that was the end of him. That was the end of Fatty Arbuckle. However, uh, and it came out in the press. Uh, no, it didn't come out in the press. 
Uh, but it did what was reported that, oh, you know, it wasn't true. But it was too late. It was too late. His life was just shattered. And I think Chaplin maybe hooked him up with some work. Uh, Buster Keaton might have given him a couple of roles, <clears throat> but he could never be like front and center again. He could never be funny and and, and shine uh, like he used to. So I'm wondering, like with uh, the Paul Manaforts and the and the Carter Pages and the Papadopoulos, who's going to be there? Charlie Chaplin, who's going to be there? You know, what do you do? Do you go work at Staples? <clears throat> do you get a job in the administration? Because that's I, I just I'm literally like what? They're every day. Like, what is their day-to-day like? How are they paying the bills? Yep. Well, and maybe they do get something in the administration, but not until a second term, right? I mean, it. <laughs> as Barack well, said, I'll have more flexibility after the election. Well, that will be, <clears throat> and I'll say that here, uh, too, just to, just to say it out loud, is that I very much look forward to a second term of Trump when he doesn't have to think about getting reelected. When it is Trump unleashed. I think right now uh, we've been dealing with uh, Donald Trump, uh, the scientist, and uh, and soon he'll be reelected and then we'll see the effects of the gamma radiation and we will be treated to Hulk Trump. (laughs) I'm hoping I see. I'm hoping I see deficit cutting, spending restraint, Trump at that point, where he can that do a shutdown is... and not like fix Social Security, fix Medicare. I am all for it. Yeah, and that just is like take a freaking anything right, you can do. <laughs> right now, it's like a um. Uh, with with the whole budget and the spending and all that stuff, it's like getting a. An, an exam you're like it's not i don't like it i don't like it however we have to go through this horrible malarkey haha malarkey joe biden we have to go through it to get uh the body healthy you know it's like mm-hmm. everyone you just know it in your bones we have to make stuff as a country we have to make stuff we need to bring back manufacturing jobs we need to make stuff in this country we want lower taxes okay so he got the tax cut and and manufacturing jobs Thank are coming you. back, yeah. And then they recently they had a they had a giant uh, omnibus spending package a couple months ago that was just ridiculous. That was just fiercely ridiculous and, well, and, and out of my, control. My personal assessment of that is he refuses to stop rebuilding the military. I mean, Barack Obama and in, in the sequester just decimated it. Yes just decimated it because he would cut military spending to sp- they would cut military spending to spend money on other things so he Trump will not give up the military funding and I hate it but he also won't go toe to toe and say we're not spending money on this take it back and, and, you know he and won't that he won't what... push the shutdown again because even though he put forth the most reasonable proposal to end the last shutdown it was still Trump's shutdown. And that's just a very hard political place to be. Whereas if you're not going to be reelected, if it's your last term, yup. you can go whole hog and make some real cuts. 
And that's yep. what that's what um, it's like, you know, it's it's like an exam. It's like, yes, the doctor has his he's checking you right now to see if you have a hernia. So it's going to be a little awkward. Uh, he's going to roll your balls around in his fingers. However, uh, we're going to check your lungs, your heart. <laughs> right. All that stuff is getting good. And then we'll get around to this other stuff. But that omnibus was just uh, insane. And I wasn't even prepared to go there. You got to get through X, Y, and Z, and then skadoosh. I I really, really, Trump Unleashed, Trump Unleashed will be uh, fantastic. And, and America knows. And the meltdown will be fantabulous. It will be. It really will be. And, uh, and we just have to hope. Listen, the guys, uh, the, the dude's delivered. He's, he, yep, we're getting the good judges uh, on the courts. We're getting uh, good judges on the Supreme Court. We got uh, Mick Mulvaney working in the background, trying to make government smaller. You got that going on. You got manufacturing jobs coming back. You've got opportunity zones and bad neighborhoods and all this stuff. And hopefully the wall and some immigration reform and making sure that illegals aren't coming over from everywhere just to have a baby here so the baby's automatic. All of it. All of the above. And the elections will be on the up and up, and then he can just uh, just go bango. Now we're cutting spending. If you guys want to have Social Security and all that good stuff, we're going to have to cut some spending. Bango. Get that deficit under control. It's very exciting. It's very exciting. You know what this would be a good time for? Another ad. Oh, my Lord. I wonder what this one will be for. I've got my fingers crossed for Viagra. I didn't know they actually have that one. I hope they do. I hope they do. Tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news for you. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Healthy Man allows you to save up to $500 on Viagra. Why pay U.S. pharmacy prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get Viagra for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 40 Viagra pills for only $99. This can cost as much as $600 at your local pharmacy. You can't afford not to call us. If you want Viagra at the lowest prices, never pay $15 a pill pharmacy prices again. Get Viagra for less than $3 a pill. Call 1-800-516-7602 today and save up to $500 and get 40 pills for just $99. Healthy Man is fast, easy, and affordable. Operators are waiting at 1-800-516-7602 to take your call right now. Call 1-800-516-7602. That's 1-800-516-7602. Again, 1-800-516-7602. My uh, buddy, uh, uh, Chad Prather. We're back in the show, by the way. My buddy, uh, Chad Prather has a very successful uh, show over at uh, the Blaze, and I think uh, I think they're it's 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 one of uh, the uh, erectile dysfunction companies uh, does his. <laughs> he he's just he's a happy guy. All right, so here's what we're doing. We're going to, uh, this is going to be more of like, uh, entertainment, uh, uh, section. I promised you guys, I, I listened to the, po- I actually listened to the podcast. I'm a fan of the podcast. I enjoy, not only do I enjoy doing the show, I enjoy listening to it and trying to improve. And that's why we're, we're doing the whole segments and all that good stuff. I promised you guys at the top of last week's show, uh, a little behind the scenes look 
at uh, Gutfeld. And uh, I don't know if I promised uh, a backstage look at the five. Uh, but really, you know, the five, it is what it is. There's, there is no real, everyone's very cool. Everyone's very cool. And I'm very appreciative. I got the call last week. I know everyone over at Fox is traveling there. They've got people down in Miami for the Super Bowl. They got people going to New Hampshire. They got people in Iowa. They're all over the board. I have to think that world headquarters is almost a ghost town, but uh, really it's in it's, it's, it's strange. It's not strange. It's like whoever does the hiring does a really good job over there. Uh, the first time I've been lucky enough to co-host the five like four times. And I got the call last week. Hey, there might be a thing with uh, Greg Gutfeld's travel. Can you be on standby? Absolutely. I'll go in. And it's like, okay, it's a live show. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, pressure with that. The first time going in, but uh, Perino, Jesse Waters, and, you know, Katie Pavlich, and even Juan Williams. Juan was very nice. The very, the very first time I did it. Like I could almost see, like he could have made mincemeat of me. He could have made, he could have just like come over the top, welcome the new kid, bang, 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 and just destroyed me. But he laid off. He he, it was like a training session, uh, and and throwing it to you know you got to throw it to commercial, you got to keep everything going. So uh, listen, the five and I I don't know who pitched that show to Fox. I want to think I, I want to think it was uh, Gutfeld who did that. It's a fun show. It's a it's a fun show, uh, and one that uh, hopefully I'll get I'll get better at if I, if I'm given the opportunity to to do it again. So the behind the scenes look uh, at Gutfeld that was a lot of fun. Everyone here's what everyone always asks me. I went to uh, I went to a live event. Uh, uh, Brian, uh, oh gosh, the guy from Fox and Friends, Brian Kilme. Brian Kilme did a live event. He, he does this really great. Uh, 90-minute live show. He's he's written so many books, and he's like me. Like we dig, we dig history. Like I I do that thing about you know uh, Andrew Jackson was a hillbilly badass. We love him. That's about the Battle of New Orleans, and Kilmeade ri- has written a book about the battle. So anyway, he invited me out, and so I went. And the first question I I always get uh, when people when and if uh, people recognize me, uh, oh, do you know Greg Gutfeld? Oh, do you know Greg Gutfeld? Have you been on the Gutfeld? And people can't believe, oh, you've never been on the Gutfeld show. So a couple weeks ago, uh, I did it, and it was so much fun because uh, the pressure is really on on Greg. He's got to be, you know, that's, once again, that's that's his show. Shalou does hilarious uh, Adam Schiff bits. And and seriously, listen, if you guys, there's, there is, if, if anything really freaky I, I would probably tell you about it but it was just a good time and it's what I like about uh, entertainment we're in the green room Tyrus is back there Cat uh, Timp comes in just kind of hey hey how's it going there's a nice little spread Gutfeld comes in like a whirling dervish oh I'm so glad you could do the show it's going to be a good time the audience is just ready he's got a pretty good sized live audience he could probably double that Tickets for that show are sold out through April. You can't get in. It is it is legitimately a hot ticket. Wow. And yeah, and it the audience is ready to go. Uh, Greg is uh, he's a funny dude. He's a smart dude. 
Tyrus is funny. Cat is super funny, and it's like it's all different sensibilities, uh, and it's it's a great time. That he does an hour. It, I I I hope once again I I hope to get invited back. And this is this this goes back to what we were talking about in the in the previous segments where this is something that Americans we've just you just feel it. You're like I know they're trying to make us feel like weirdos, like the mainstream media. They're trying to make us feel like. Uh, weirdos and outcasts and like oh we're the nutty but we are we are the the majority I'm trying to uh, dial up what the heck where is the uh, tweet the ratings for Gutfeld and and I I, I just want to make sure everyone knows uh, I'm being abundantly clear I don't I don't claim any of the success for this this is like Greg's built something uh, pretty awesome. They've got almost three million viewers. It's number one, uh, number one show on cable on Saturday night in its time slot, uh, and and more importantly, in the key advertising demo, the twenty three to fifty four, the 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 big. So it's not like it's not like it's the number one. People can't you can't dismiss it. You can't go, oh yeah, there's a lot of people, but I'm sure they're all eighty. Oh yeah, it's a lot of people, but they're they're knocking on death's door. No, this is. 2.8 million people, and the majority of them are in the key advertising demo. So that is, to me, that's uh, something that that everyone needs to be uh, screaming from the top of their lungs. It's uh, it's fantastic and wonderful. Absolutely. So that's, and I mean, it, it's that, how do you put this? Um, for that 25 to 54 demo, which I small or fall smack in the middle of, um, that sort of sarcastic, anti-authoritarian vibe he has really works. Yes. Yeah, it's a, it's a good show. It's a fun show. And it is popular. I mean, I it, love him on The Five, too. His little monologues on The Five, I'm always cracking up. He's very good at that. You know what it is? Very good. It's, uh, he's, very, he's very good with a quick metaphor. And that's something I'm trying to uh, get better at. At the the quick emulate. Well, not emulate, but it's it's a great skill. You know who else? It I, is. I think I've, Adam Carolla is really oh, great. Oh yeah, Adam Carolla can have a super entertaining metaphor at the drop of a hat. Carolla be like, you know what it is? It's like uh, that that crazy old lady on your street. That's what. And it's like, wow, what a great way to. Uh, make that point. What a great way to make that point. Yep. So, and then I'll I tell you guys this story too. It, right. it is. It is. Uh, it, and it's one that I, I sorely lack. I'm good at them. I can do a few impressions, but I need help uh, in the metaphor department. This this one is just us uh, being uh, patting ourselves on the back for being ahead of the curve. This was probably, I want to say, four months ago that it came out about the whole Johnny Depp, uh, Amber Heard thing. Johnny Depp was vilified in the press uh, and the cancel culture, they were they were out for his head. And this is a great thing. You guys, whenever you find yourself uh, part of a mob, you stop and try to figure out what's really going on. Mobs are even, even online mobs. It's very, so Amber Heard is like, oh, Johnny Depp did X, Y, and Z. And everybody's like, that's it. Get rid of Johnny Depp. He lost... 
they they're going to do another Pirates of the, the the Caribbean, and it ain't going to have Johnny Depp in it because of what Amber Heard uh, claimed happened. And everybody's like, oh. And then I remember uh, he was coming out uh, at uh, at Comic Con, and people couldn't believe because he was in that that Harry Potter movie. Uh, what's his but what's his lady? Who's the lady? J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling's like, no, don't cancel him. He gets to be at the event. He gets to be. And everybody, they were ready to to cancel J.K. Rowling for having Johnny Depp at this live event for this new movie. Uh, so J.K. Rowling must have known what eventually has come out, and we said it on this show months ago. Uh, Johnny Depp was the victim here. Johnny Depp was the victim, and he just very quietly he kept it to himself. It's got to be a it's a tough spot to be in, and I think he's handled this whole thing with class and with dignity, and good for you, uh, Johnny Depp. But there's a new deposition uh, that just came out. This woman, this girl has testified. Uh, her name is Tara Robert. Tara Robert, uh-huh. and she was a, she was witness to uh, some of the stuff that Amber Heard was uh, doing to Johnny Depp. And... I don't know all the details, but it really uh, Amber Heard. I I I wonder if you'll see her in the next Aquaman movie. I wonder really? if you'll see her. Yeah. Well, it's definitely uh, verbal abuse. There was some uh, physical abuse, and then in the deposition that she gave, and I, I got a, a link to it. Uh, I tweeted it at the Loftus Party's uh, uh, Twitter account, the Loftus Party on Twitter. Uh, just the way she was hanging out with Amber Heard all weekend, everything was not cool. Uh, she was screaming at Johnny Depp. He just wanted to, he, he's like, just let me go. Just let me, she had stolen the keys to the vehicle so he couldn't leave. It was really bad news. And then it goes on to, uh, they're in Miami for a photo shoot. Uh, and everything is all hunky-dory, and everything's great, uh, and she's with them the whole time, and then suddenly uh, there's a, a mark on Amber Heard's face, and then Amber's, oh, he did X, Y, and Z, and no, he didn't do X, Y, and Z. Uh, Amber just made it happen. So it's, well, it's, men it's who hit gross, Men who hit are gross, and women who hit are just as gross. That's not how we solve problems. Absolutely. And it, and it goes back to, listen, I want to, uh, when someone says something happened, yes, I want to believe you. Uh, but however, I also want evidence and I want to make sure that a guilty person, uh, a guilty person isn't going free and an innocent person is getting in trouble. I, I think it's, it's, uh, it's worth mentioning. So everyone who was part of that whole, let's get rid of Johnny Depp, uh, Take a chill. Johnny Depp an apology. Yeah, and listen, he's a he, he's a movie star, but he's I, I guess he probably spends money as fast as he makes it, and uh, like I'm not gonna <laughs> I don't know how bad I'm gonna feel for Depp, but that that's a franchise. That's that's Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, I mean, I I feel bad for anybody who gets painted with a brush like that when it's at best half the story. Yes. Do you know what I mean? I, I I just this whole believe all women and women don't lie about these things is just crap. And any woman who went to high school knows it. If you're a woman <laughs> that lived through junior high, you know believe all woman women is bullshit. 
<laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That like is the uh, worst places I've ever worked are in female dominated professions. Like oh my working God. with a bunch of other women. Uh Yeah. It gets uh it could get a bit catty. It could get Oh my catty. god. Uh okay, so here's here's the other one, and I'm just I'll just tell this little uh anecdote because it is kind of in the news. Uh Fred Silverman uh passed away last night, I guess. He was eighty-four, I guess he was battling cancer, and you're like, who's Fred Silverman? I will tell you who Fred Silverman is. He was the network programming uh wonder kid back in the seventies. He Yes, he took in the, in the 1970s, he took CBS from they hired him. He took CBS from third place and and took him to first. He's responsible for shows like MASH and Taxi. He changed. He's like he decided which programs got on the air and ba boom, the CBS is in uh first place. Then he gets hired by NBC uh and starts reprogramming NBC. He runs that whole network takes them from low to number one. He's responsible for shows like uh, uh, Different Strokes. That was a that was one of his shows that he championed. TV. And uh, uh, yeah, amongst others. Then he went to ABC. He didn't get him to number one, but he definitely got them uh, a lot higher up uh, than, than they were. So Fred Silverman uh, is a legitimate uh, guru. And he had he had a magic wand. Uh, I think he was. Uh, I think he might have been uh, Tim the Toolman Taylor, Tim Allen show, <clears throat> his first show. Oh, on really? The, the yeah. neighbor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. One. So, uh, what was his name? I can't remember. Uh, oh, then I don't remember the ne- the neighbor's name. But that's what you need to know. You need to know that once upon a time in the seventies, eighties, and the beginning of the nineties. Maybe this dude was responsible for everything you watched. Monster hits. Right. Monster hits. So in, I want to say it's 2007. And the only reason I'm telling the story is because it was going around on Facebook uh, last night. People were talking, they were telling Fred Silverman stories. And they were telling stories of like uh, encounters with him and run it. So, so anyway, I don't want to get ahead of myself. So in, I want to say I had, I had. I was no longer writing on the George Lopez show and I wasn't writing on outsourced. I think outsourced. Yeah. Outsourced had been, uh, not, we weren't renewed for a second season. So I'm doing stand up, and Fred Silverman was wanted to do a show about politics. He wanted to do a show about politics. So he was going to have a, uh, a showcase at the Melrose improv and a buddy of mine, uh, a friend of mine got invited to be on the showcase. And he goes, are you doing this? And I go, I, I haven't even heard about it. And he goes, Dar- darn, dude, you're you're the only guy I know who's doing political stuff. I can't believe you're not in on this. So I call my manager and they're like, yeah, we can't get you on. They don't want to they don't want to see you. So, of course, my my feelings are, are horribly hurt. Like, why not me? I'm a funny guy. And then my buddy goes to Fred Silverman's assistant who was putting the night together. Why aren't you having Loftus on? And she didn't even, she had had no clue he shows her some of my stuff and she's like, Oh my gosh, we have to have this guy on that. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. So I don't know what happened or how long story short, I get on this showcase. So packed house of the Melrose improv, uh, politics, 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 and yours truly. I, I had a good show. I had a very good show. Fred Silverman comes up to me. We're standing outside of the Melrose improv 
the world famous, I'm having a smoke. Here comes, and I recognize the guy. He's a legend. And he's like, do you, how much, he goes, how much material do you have? And I go, oh, dude, I, I got a, a couple hours of material. He's like, political stuff. How much of that? And I'm like, oh, dude, I could, I could, I could easily do, you know, a strong uh, 45 just on politics. And he lights up. And you, he was like shining like a star in the night, like a spotlight. And he goes, I want to see everything. He goes, I think we might be onto something here. I think we got, we might have lightning in a bottle. When are you doing another show? I go, I'm doing a show at the, at the ice house, like in a couple of days. His wife is with him. He goes, weren't we supposed to go to blah, blah, blah? Cancel that. We're not going to that. We're going to go to the ice house to watch Michael. So a couple of days later, I'm doing stand up at the ice house. Mm-hmm. Great show. Silverman just gives me this big giant hug at the end, and he goes, You're a star. You're a star. He goes, You know Tim Allen. You know Roseanne. You know, uh, he's listing off these huge names. He goes, You're next, buddy. You're next. Now, at the time, he wasn't running a network, but you can imagine uh, my joy. You can imagine my joy. Sure. Here's a and guy. Clout. He's still got clout, right? Right. Here's a guy who's never been wrong, and he has just annoyed. It's like it, it's like uh, meeting the Godfather, and he goes, right. "You're going to be my right hand man." So he goes, "We need we need a show now." As fate would have it, I had a show that was ready to go. I had it's about me and my wife and the in laws and this whole thing. It's very funny. It's a it's a script. It's ready to go. And so Fred's like, "Well, come over to the house, and I want to talk about it." So I go over to his house. In Bel Air. Huge. Oh, it's gorgeous. And then he's got a separate house in the back where his office is. Insane. Insane. And he's got pictures on the wall of of him on on the set of different strokes. And he's got uh, copies of Variety magazine, like, you know, NBC and and the the shares they were getting. This is before cable. The the money he made for these people. The the ad revenue. The the, the shares. Oh, my Lord. So then, Fred Silverman, we're talking about the show that I have the script for, and he goes, okay, 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 what about this? And that's where it all went south. That's where it all went south. What about this? He, he goes, uh, what, about, what if you and your wife, let's just take, he goes, what if you and your wife had been sponsoring a kid from uh, Africa? Uh, and then one day, and this would be the pilot, the kid just shows up. At your door. He'd been saving all his money. All the money that you and your wife had sent him. He Now you've got this little African kid. And he's adorable. He's adorable. But he's from Africa. And now he's got nowhere else to go. So you and your wife, you have to take him in. And I'm like, okay. And inside I'm just flipping out. I'm just flipping out. Because like, I, I don't want to do this show. I don't want to write the show. Think about it. Tells me, think about it, think about it. So I started thinking about it, and this is my one of my big Achilles heels, is that it's all a puzzle to me. It's all a puzzle, right? Can I make this work? Can I solve this? And then I started thinking about it. I'm like, well, there is – it is kind of interesting. You could do some funny stuff, and then is a, a kid from Africa, a black kid from Africa, is he black enough – in in like the black community how would he be accepted and then it's kind of an interesting cultural clash all this other stuff and i run it by some friends of mine who are phenomenal writers 
and they go, wow, that's a very, that's actually a very interesting take. You could do that. And it's, this is, this is years before I met Trevor Noah, years before I knew Trevor even existed, but like Trevor, that's his whole thing. He's from Africa, but not black enough for America. So there actually was merit to the idea. So we go into NBC and the guy running NBC at the time uh, is this uh, young upstart named Ben Silverman, who's no longer there. I think he lasted one year at NBC. But he, so we go in to NBC and it's me and it's Fred Silverman. And I'm still kind of on the fence about the idea, the idea, but I can't see the merits. Uh, so it's me, Ben Silverman, my manager, my agent, two assistants. And then it, sitting behind this giant desk is, is Ben Silverman and his two agents. And so uh, we go in, we sit down. And Ben's like, oh, so nice to meet you, Fred. Everybody thinks we're related, but we're not. But we have a great last name. Ha, 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 ha. And he goes, what do you got for me? And 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 Fred Silverman goes, I got this guy right here, Michael. Here, I got a tape. You've got to see this. So the lights go down. Boom, the DVD of me on stage goes in. I'm cracking jokes. I'm telling the audience is dying. Goes on for like five minutes. The DVD stops. Ben Silverman has a huge smile on his face, turns around in his chair, looks at me, and he goes, I get it. He's got to, oh, he's just so happy. I get it. I get it. And then he gets excited. So what do you want to do? And then Fred Silverman, I don't even talk. Fred Silverman launches into, so Mike and his wife have been sending money over to Africa to sponsor an African kid. I see the smile drop from Ben's face. Now he's concerned. <laughs> and Fred goes, then one day the kid shows up. Now Michael, and then and then Ben Silverman goes, I got to stop you right there. That would never happen. And, and Fred goes, no, 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 no. The kid shows up and they got to raise this African kid. Ben, ben goes, please stop, stop. <laughs> And so now these guys are like fighting and Fred Silverman's like yelling, can I finish my sentence? Can I finish? It was the worst meeting. I went from uh, being on cloud nine. I'm the chosen one to this is going to be all over Hollywood and no one's going to uh, let me develop with them again. It is legendary. They, they literally, they're yelling at each other. Ben's trying to be cool. Like, no, I don't want to do that. It's racist. It's racist. It's wrong. And Fred's like, no, it's not. It's not racist. What I, it was the worst. It was the worst. That's my that, Fred Silverman That's show. your in memoriam for Fred. Yes. And then as fate would have it, uh, he felt bad about that. And uh, I told him, I go, I'm not comfortable pitching this show. And he goes, you're just scared. You're just scared. A lot of, and I'm like, okay, I'm scared. I go, you can take the meetings. And if you sell it, I'll write it and I'll be in it. But I, you know, I, I have to go on the road, uh, but you can sell it. So he went to uh, ABC. I think he went into CBS and they all said, no, 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 no. He eventually went into ABC Family. He eventually went into ABC Family, and they said no as well. And Fred mm -hmm. goes, I think, I think you might have been right. I think you might have been right. I, I took no solace in being right. Right. However, well, especially not when you fall from the moon. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So ABC Family, God bless them. I don't know who was uh, running it at the time. They go, listen, we don't want to do that idea of Fred's, but Michael, we, we think you're 
we think you're hilarious. We think you're funny. Let's develop something with you. So I got I had a little development deal with ABC Family. I forgot about all this stuff until last night on Facebook. So I'm, so now we're writing this thing. I'm writing this thing, and Fred's giving me notes, and I'm like, oh, good Lord, why is he giving me notes? So we're about to deliver it to ABC Family, the script, and Fred goes, you got to put in a 13-year-old girl. I'm like, what? He goes, you got to put in a 13-year-old girl. That's the ABC Family demographic. That's, you got, and I'm like, Fred, I'm not going to do it. He's like, I'll do it. I'm like, no, I don't want you writing the script, yada, yada. So I threw in like an idiot, like this is a great like to thine own self be true kind of a lesson that I that I guess I've I've really have to learn like a moron. I threw in the character of a 13 year old girl and I wrote it was a very funny character and she was original and all this other stuff. And so ABC family, they read it and then I get the call uh, from the head of ABC family. He's like, oh, we love the script. He goes, we're not going to, uh, we can't move forward with it. We can't do the pilot. We're going to do this. He goes, the, the problem with yours was like, uh, uh, you really didn't need that 13-year-old girl. We got, <laughs> we, got, we got every show, every show we get pitched has a 13-year-old girl in it. And I'm like, well, you know, we can take, but it was already, it was already too late to, to get rid of that character. So I'm Fred sorry. Silverman. Uh, once upon a time, and he, I tell you what, he was a very sweet man and he was very nice to me. We had a horrible pitch meeting at NBC. Uh, but I, I, and I don't want to like be smart. He, he, he was, he was a genius. He was a genius in the seventies and eighties. And then uh, like me, he just, he just dug in, he just dug in and it didn't work out. So I'm the, I'm the Carter page of that story. <laughs> We're bringing it all home. I am. Uh, I am the Paul Manafort of that story. I was just following orders. <laughs> you guys, uh, we might have gone a little bit long. I apologize for that. But that's the format uh, for the show. We got big guests coming up in the future. I'm not going to name them now because you never know what's going to happen. But the, the, they'll be here. The show's going to get uh, more and more fun. I think we found an idea to land on for the Facebook uh, charity thing. But I'm not, I'll, I'll tell you guys about that on Facebook. We are definitely 18,000 strong on the Facebook. Everything's great. Uh, our numbers are good. The president's numbers are good. Uh, we And we're toying around with the idea of doing video for this podcast. I'm just going to tease Yikes. that. Yikes! Yikes! Daddy got to hit the gym. Alright, you guys have a great week. Liberty, is there anything you'd like to say from, the, from Camp Gypsy to send us off? Um, everybody tune into the State of the Union on Tuesday because it's going to be lit. Ooh, yeah. Well, that'll be next yeah. week's show. Have a great one, you guys. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. And always, always, always go to theloftestparty.com. People are getting booted off of social media like crazy. Love ya. Love ya.